0: Merry Christmas, everyone, and the approaching uh, Happy New Year. We'll open up with a few passages, and then we will pray. Uh, Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless His name. For the Lord, He is good. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Let's pray. Mighty Father, we pray we pray for our help in this time, for a gift of the Holy Spirit that you will empower. We need to preach your word, that I will be faithful to your word, and that you will open the ears, that we will hear your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 100, um, ever since I was a little boy, whenever I would open up to Psalm 100 in the Bible, it would be like, it would feel super special just because of the number 100, we as kids can relate, number 100 is the only number, only chapter in the Bible that has a hundred, a solid hundred right next to it, so I always look at it, it was always short in the Bible, it would seem very simple, but somehow as a kid it was always stood out and it is a joyful, simple message of praise unto God. It is a psalm of David that he wrote, you could say in his highest form of joy that is possible maybe to man and as a matter of fact it's a song right so we are singing a lot today and the message is going to be based on the song so everything today is about praising God praising his holy name and for the gift that he has sent unto us so we'll begin in the verse 1 and we'll go through the five verses of psalm 100 so verse 1 make a joyful shout to the lord all you lands the first part so right away there is a command to make a joyful shout, to make a lot of noise that is filled with joy unto the Lord. And not just lip service when we come before God, but something that overflows out of our hearts, something that is sincere, something that we cannot stay quiet, but we have to shout out and make a noise and say, Hallelujah, Praised be the Lord. And there are different reasons we shout for joy or people get excited about you can win a lottery the powerball right and you want to shout with joy and say hooray I won or with the youth when we play hockey the winning team it shouts it shouts with joy because we won especially if there is a league or something of that matter we can relate to joyful shouting but David is getting something more Very highly more and above and beyond our earthly joys and our earthly excitements that we get. He's talking about heavenly joy. A joy that he says, Rejoice, all you lands make a joyful noise. Not only David himself, he's not only calling out to his family, his relatives, not only to the people of God right around him, he's calling the whole world to rejoice. All you lands. All ye nations, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It is the highest, most possible form of joy that a person can experience in this life. And some of us can remember when God saved us, it was a similar joy of overflowing. That would just overwhelm our hearts in gratitude to Christ and for the sinful life that he has brought us out. And of all the mercy that he has given unto us. I remember R.C. Sproul sharing his testimony also how he was, when he was saved, he was going home after church and he was talking about jumping over fire hydrants just for pure joy, something that radiated from within, something that, that wasn't forced, something that not had to be done, but something that was natural in that moment. Um, in the 1984, a uh, Christmas carol movie, Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, there's a moment at the end of the movie where Ebenezer Scrooge is, you can see the actor who plays him, that overflowing of joy is beginning. Is when he wakes up in the morning. He opens up the windows and he asks, what day is it? And the boy says, it's Christmas Day, of course. And his facial expression just radiates, and he right away says, how wonderful, is Christmas. And all of a sudden he says something along the lines of, I feel light as a snowflake. He just starts jumping up and down, this grown-up man. He's overjoyed because he got a second chance at life. He thought his life was over, and the life of the miserable life that he led, that was the end of it. And he wakes up in the morning, and no, he has another chance, and we see him just jumping around. Giving gifts to people and greeting everyone with Merry Christmas and to all a Happy New Year. God bless us all. That is the similar joy that David writes about here. He's saying, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all you lands. And this joy is possible for every single one of us here today. Those who have not come to Christ, he's not out of reach. It is not in heaven, as the Bible says, or in the abyss, but the word is near you, in your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you will be saved. That joy is possible for you. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. And that is what we are doing tonight. We came before God's presence with a lot of songs. And we have been singing and singing and we will be singing some more. It is something that is commanded. And we are obeying this command. But it says the first part of this verse is, serve the Lord with gladness. And I would not be wrong if I would say there's some of us, if not many of us here, who do not have this gladness, this joy that radiates from our heart. They do not have it tonight. There could be different causes. It doesn't necessarily mean that you do not know Christ. Maybe some of us have known Christ for quite some time, and yet our hearts are weighed down with worry and sadness. Maybe it is because we're serving the Lord, but also we're trying to serve another master. Jesus Christ said, you cannot serve two masters. Are you solely focused on Christ. Are you solely committed to Christ tonight? Because that could be very well the reason that we do not have the gladness in our hearts. And the other is just as Jesus he was called a man of sorrows. Christians a lot of times experience a lot of sorrow over here. As we long for our heavenly home and we struggle in this world, and how can we overcome this sorrow? How can we come into this presence of joy? Pastor Rizzo, in his Hebrew study, he would mention, there's a way when you just latch hold of Christ and you do not let go. And he said, how do you do this? You immerse yourself in this book. You read and read and study the scriptures and pray to God that he will speak to you through his word and bring you out of this valley, out of this storm of sadness. And then you sing. Sing to Christ right how it says here in this verse come before his presence with singing not only in the church setting when you gather gathered with believers sing hymns and psalms when you're by yourself they're a gift of God unto us Christ we see in the scriptures in his right before his deepest moment of agony in Gethsemane after the Lord's Supper he went up to Gethsemane up to the Mount of Olives and he sang a hymn with his disciples. He took comfort in that gift. And so should we. We all have our favorite hymns, our favorite, and there's beautiful lyrics in those hymns. I'm going to bring some if you, and I know you have many others that you sang maybe as a child growing up. One is a very simple one. It's called Count Your Blessings. And the lyrics go like this. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy? you are called to bear. Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. It is a simple hymn, but with a simple truth. Another one is a hymn called, To God Be the Glory. And it goes like this, O perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. And I'll bring up one more, maybe it's Manny's favorite, Come the Fount of Every Blessing. There's this stanza in there. Oh, that day when freed from sinning, I shall see thy lovely face, full arrayed in blood-washed linen. How I'll sing thy sovereign grace. Come, my Lord, no longer tarry, bring thy promises to pass, for I know thy power will keep me till I'm home with thee. At last, come before God's presence with singing when you're alone, not only when you're happy, but also when you're sad and you will find comfort for your soul. Verse three, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. David is calling unto the whole world. It's a wake-up call. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. We see in the nation of Israel, it was time and time again when they would turn away from the Lord and worship idols and foreign gods. And it was a reminder that needed to be brought up to their attention again and again. In First Kings chapter 18, There's a moment when there's King Ahab and the prophet Elijah go up on the mount, and there's two altars being made, and the prophets of Baal they build the altar and they cry out to him all day, and they get absolutely nothing in response. And then Elijah builds an altar unto God, overflows it with water, prays unto God, and then in verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known that this day you are God in Israel and I am your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. It was a huge wake-up call to the nation of Israel. And how many of us, How many people around us in this city need a wake-up call? The same shout to be made, that the Lord, he is God. This baby in the manger, this Christ that was born, the son that was given unto us, he is the Lord, he is God. We all hear the wonderful stories of Christmas, the shepherds, the wise men, and the world doesn't mind so much those stories. But they refuse to look farther, or they just don't see, and they don't hear They miss the gospel just for the wonders of Christmas. It's like in Luke 9, 43-45, when Jesus Christ walked on this earth and did many miracles. It says in verse 43, And they were all amazed at the majesty of God. But while everyone marveled at all the things which Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Let these words sink down into your ears for the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was hidden from them, so that they did not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. The world, the people, they like to look at Christ from a distance, at this baby in the manger, how beautiful the picture, but they don't look beyond that. It is hid from their eyes, but that was not the reason Jesus Christ was born into this world just to be the baby in the manger. He lived this life. He walked this earth and he suffered on the cross for us. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. He is God. As the Creed says God of God, light of light, very God of very God. For us, men, and for our salvation, He came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and crucified also for us. Under Pontius Pilate, he suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory, to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. Do we believe this? Do we believe this Jesus, that he, the Lord, is God? He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of every song that we sing to him tonight. Let us worship him with honor. Let us approach him with fear. For it is he that has made us, and now we ourselves, as the verse says, he is our creator. He is also Our owner, our lives belong to him and to him alone. Jesus Christ said at one point in his life, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He has built, if you are a person, if you are a man or a woman of God and you were saved by God's grace, Jesus Christ has built you. He has made you to be alive. You are his and to him we belong. And even when we go astray, as it says here, we're the sheep of his pasture. Even when one of us goes astray, he leaves the 99, he comes and brings us back because he cares for us. He loves us. He gave himself up for us. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and now we are self, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Christ calls out to everyone, come unto me. He he bids the most guilty ones of us to come unto him. Enter the gates, you will be saved. Bring him the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Be thankful unto him. A rabbi, one rabbi has said, thankfulness is a sacrifice that will never be done away with. It is something that God desires to hear from us, to bring him thanks continually and bless his name. Even when we are in our most sorrowful states, even as righteous Job, when he had everything taken away from him, he said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, bless it. Be the name of the Lord. Verse 5, in conclusion. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Even the smallest children in here can understand this first statement. The Lord, he is good. It is something that would put a smile on their. They can say it with a smile on their faces and acknowledge this fact. The Lord is good. He's not bad. We can really trust him. We can really trust in his mercy because he is good. When Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate, before his accusers, Pontius Pilate asked a question to the accusers. Jesus Christ the creator of the world, the good Lord. And Pilate says, why? What evil has he done? there was ever a question that was, that heaven shouted back in response, that he's the righteous lamb of God. He has done no evil. He's the good Lord. But the people in response shouted out, crucify him. Crucify the good Lord, the one whose mercy is everlasting, the one whose truth endures to all generations. If it was any of us in this place with that question, why, what evil has he done? There would be no questions we would know we've done enough evil in our eyes, in God's eyes, in our eyes, to be condemned for eternity. But Christ, the Son of God, the mighty God, stood before us men and he was put under that judgment, the Lord really is good. He has done no evil. He's pure, his mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. But this good Lord, when he stood before Pontius Pilate, he gave a good testimony. The people did not want any of that. They cried out, give us Barabbas. And who is Barabbas? Right, Robert, the Bible tells us. He is every single one of us. He is our flesh. He's the one that we choose again and again over Christ. We see God, the Son, standing before us in his glory, the good Lord. And we cry out, no, not today. Give me Barabbas. Today I want to live for my pleasure. Maybe tomorrow... I'll accept the good Lord. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Choose Christ and praise him in his holy name. Amen.